Please be seated. So great worship this morning, right? <laughs> However, I have sad news. Um, <clears throat> the worship team has told me that I'm going to be replaced by my younger brother here on the drums. So that's, uh, that's not a great thing, but it's okay. How many of you guys like to go to races? Track races, cross country, cars, whatever it is. Yep, Nate Coach is all about those cars. Thank you, Nate. I always enjoyed uh, races. I ran track and cross country, and I kind of had a lot of fun. Not a whole ton of fun. No, I had a lot of fun. But um, as usual with, with running, um, there's always the, a love-hate relationship, right? It's a lot, of, a lot of fun going around the track, but um, it also is a lot of pain and agony and sweat and crying. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, you know, fun but not fun, right? So for our seniors, um, there's three of them here today. Um, they've kind of finished one race, and they're starting a new one, right? And I'd like to give them a little bit of wisdom, um, but some of that also applies to all of us. Um, so if you would please turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 12, we're going to talk about a big race. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. So I'm reading out of the New American Standard, so it's going to sound a little different, but it's, it's the same verse, I promise, I promise. <clears throat> Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despite the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Hebrews is an interesting book, right? No one's sure exactly of who authored it. Some say Paul, some say James, some say someone else. Um, but it's, it's a book that's written to, guess who? Uh, the Hebrews, right? Didn't see that coming when it's called Hebrews. Um, and when it was written to the Hebrews, they were kind of in this weird limbo, right? On one level, the Jewish Christians had taken on the identity of Christ, but on another level, they still hadn't fully given up their Jewish heritage, right? So they're trying to figure out how to balance this. And one of the things that they ran into is that they viewed lots of things superior to Christ. And so the whole start of Hebrews, the first ten chapters, is pretty much the author telling the Hebrews, hey, Jesus is better than the angels. He's better than the prophets. He fulfilled the Old Testament. He's he's better than all that. And then you get to Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 is known as the Hall of Faith, right? In Hebrews 11, the author goes through every single major Bible hero that you have in the Old Testament. Samuel, David, Abraham. He goes through them and he says, hey, these guys had faith in God. And he fulfilled everything that they thought he was going to fulfill and more. All of the promises that God had, 
his, that they had faith in, they, they happened, all right? Abraham left his house randomly. He had a nice house in Ur. It's great. Random, nice, nice town, right? Ur. Everyone's been there? No? Okay. But he was in Ur, and he loved it. And God said, hey, it's time for you to move on. So he leaves Ur, starts walking, goes to a place that he's never been. God fulfills everything that he, he promised him. Um, so then you get to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, right? And it starts off by saying, therefore, when you hear therefore, you've got to look for what, are, what is being summarized, what's going on. So Hebrews 12 starts with therefore. What he's saying is, therefore, okay, look at all these heroes. Look at all these guys that were back here. You've got Abraham, you've got Samuel, you've got David. I mean, amazing guys who did amazing things. Because of them, so these witnesses, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin since which so easily entangles us. Okay? When we're running this race that God has called us to run in our lives, we need to remember our history. Okay? We can't forget it. For the Hebrews, they were remembering their Old Testament heroes, right? These great men. We need to remember those Old Testament heroes too. But we also need to remember how we got to this place where we're at. Um, We need to think of our church leaders and those who have built our faith up. I still remember and talk to the guy who really led me to Christ. um, And that's a big part of who I know who I am because of knowing him. So as you guys go out into the world and enjoy the next steps in your lives, don't forget your history, whether it's here or elsewhere. Number two, it says that we need to lay off everything that entangles us, that slows us down, that pulls us down, right? The idea here where it says encumbrance, it's talking about any kind of weight that's weighing us down. So the Hebrews didn't really do races, okay? They didn't really do running races or horse races or anything like that. But Alexander the Great conquers Israel um, because at the time Israel's a vassal state of the Persians. And when they conquer Israel, they bring their culture and their um, different kinds of uh, customs into it. One of the big ones was racing. However, the Greeks liked to race wearing less than more. All right? Just saying. So on one level, this picture of racing and throwing off encumbrance, anything that gets in your way, chuck it out. You don't need it. All right? You need to travel light. So on one level, it says anything that encumbers, anything that weighs you down. But did you notice that it separates sin from those things that encumber? All right? Lots of us over and over again have things in our lives that pull us backwards spiritually or off course or tie us down. Um, I think of when I was in college, I enjoyed playing video games a lot. A lot. Loved it. Um, But at a certain point, I realized, wait a second, this isn't helping me at all. So I need to be disciplined. I need to say, you know what, I don't need this right now. So I took a break. I didn't play video games for a while. Were the video games bad? In and of themselves, no. But for me at that point, yeah, they were. 
So we need to be able to say, you know what? This thing, this person, this place, this group of friends, are they bad in and of themselves? No. But they pull us in directions that we don't need to go. Okay? And then there's sin. James 1 tells us that sin blossoms in our heart and grows, and when it's fully grown, it brings death, right? And lots of times we always think of, well, if it brings death, then, then I see tons of people that sin all the time, and they're not dead, right? Well, death can be a lot of things. It can be the death of relationships. If you lie, it can be the death of trust, the death of purity, the death of safety. There's lots of things that sin brings that is not just a physical death. So we need to travel light um, and throw off anything that gets in our way. Do you notice at the end of the verse it says, um, so this is, uh, this is verse 2, right? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus came to earth, it wasn't easy for him, right? It wasn't fun. It was going from heaven to literally here, right? Not the greatest transition. And he had a hard time of it. He had to figure out how to be human and God at the same time. He was tempted for the first time. He felt physical pain for the first time. He felt hungry for the first time. And then on top of that, he went and died on a cross. Surviving, well, not surviving, the uh, experiencing the most agonizing death that most people can think of. Um, But then rose triumphantly at the end of that. But as we see from the Garden of Gethsemane, It was a hard decision for him, right? It wasn't an easy thing, but he knew that he was following following his father's will. But notice how it says that he, um, that he, for the joy set before him, he endured it. He knew that the cause was greater than the agony. And this whole verse points to the fact that it is on one level suffering, that you're going to suffer for your faith and that you have to follow through with that. Um, We look at all the different people nowadays that are no longer following Christ. And it's a hard thing, right? Um, The Hebrew church at the time, who this is written to, was having the same thing going on. There are a couple chapters in here that are all about people who have fallen away, who are no, no longer following God. And this chapter is all about saying, hey, you know what? You need to hang in there and you need to follow God. Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes that's hard. But you have to persevere. You've got to push through it. Um, when I did track, I was not the best runner. Um, but I enjoyed it on one level. But I did the um, two-mile for, for races. And the two-mile is eight laps around a 400-meter track, Right? And um, I had a coach that was really good, great coach, a um, guy named Miller. And um, Miller used to stand at the back of the second turn, right? So when, you, when you've got the finish line, the next turn, that's the second turn, right? 
And he would stand there, and when you'd go by, he would yell at you your time, or where you were going, how you were doing, and remind you that you're doing this for a reason, all right? But there was one meet my senior year that was really hard. It was in um, Plainfield, Wisconsin, and as um, Wisconsin uh, springs are, it was cold, wet, and miserable, right? <laughs> and uh, and so I, I was running, and and I always ran with this. Um, there was one guy at Tri County that I ran like every race with. I don't know why, but it was we we became friends. He was a nice guy, but um, it, it was always kind of cool because one of us would push the other one um, harder, and so. Our times both got better. But as we were running this one, I was really having a hard time. And I wasn't feeling good. And, and um, it was cold. My hands were cold. And I was just freezing. It was miserable. And I got through my first five laps. And it was on the sixth lap. And the sixth lap was always my least favorite. I don't know why. It was just the worst. But um, got to the sixth lap. And I went around the corner. And usually I didn't say anything to my coach when I ran by. But this time I told him, Coach, it hurts too much. I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, good, let it hurt. It's supposed to. That's what he said. And the next lap, I said, coach, it hurts. And he said, you're almost done, right? Lots of us have a hard time when we're running, focusing on the goal, right? Because we have so much other stuff that is hard, that hurts, But we have to realize that this world on one level is going to hurt, right? There is joy, there is adventure, there is great things in store, but on one level on this earth, it's going to hurt. So you need to embrace it and focus on the goal. And that goal is to stand in front of that throne that Christ is now sitting on and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, you're home. There are going to be lots of hills in life, right, seniors? Lots of hills to go up, but it's going to be great. But sometimes you need to remember that you've got to embrace the pain and get through it. Okay? My final um, exhortation for you guys is don't forget that you're not alone. Okay? Over and over again, we go through life and we think that we've got it figured out and we don't need... um, we don't need anyone else, or we're ashamed of what's going on, and we can't, we can't go and tell someone. But everyone needs a coach, right? Everyone needs someone to tell you, you know what, it hurts, but it's okay, and it's going to be all right. We're following a great, great God who was the author and perfecter of our faith, who figured it all out for us, and all we need to do is follow him.